Welcome to the Whistle Way Podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle, your host with EXP Realty in San Diego, California. And my name is Brian Kochi, Director of Marketing here at Whistle Realty Group. The goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics to go out there and crush it in your business. The way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. So if you have a question you want to have us answer on a future episode of the show, you can always go to thewhistleway.com. You can ask us questions on there, subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel, join our referral network, get on our email newsletter, or join our private Facebook group where we share a lot of tips and tricks. And you can get dialed in with our Media Mayor Mastermind online course where we teach you everything we've learned about creating video over the last eight years together, created thousands of videos, and we're going to shortcut your learning curve so you can get out there and start cranking out some videos, building your brand, growing your audience, and generating some business. Uh, if you enjoy the show today, if you are watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button, let YouTube know you're enjoying it. If you got a question, throw it in the comment section. And if you want more of the content, you can hit the like, or I'm sorry, the subscribe button and hit the notification bell. YouTube will notify you every time we drop a new episode of the show. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, if you could hook us up with a review, it means the world to us. Uh, reviews on podcast platforms are very, very hard to get. They are. Uh, so every review means a lot to us. So whether you're on... Um, on iTunes or on Spotify or Pandora, iHeart, whatever you're on, uh, those reviews really mean a lot to us. So we appreciate those. With that said, Brian, let's uh, fire away. So the real estate market is a fickle beast, and it changes uh, don't frequently. You hear fickle and beast in the same sentence. Well, I just said it. Fickle beast. That should be your new like Instagram handle, Brian <laughs> the Fickle Beast Coachy. Okay, maybe it won't be. Um, and so. Things change, and, and we've seen some changing markets in the past, and it looks like we may be going into a changing market here currently, right? COVID threw things for a loop, yep. then everything was really crazy, now things are starting to change. Yep. And just for uh, perspective, we're recording here in May of 2022. Yes. Um, so what I wanted to do, and Kyle, you've been on videos all day, and usually when you've been on videos for a while, you get kind of feisty towards the end of the day. And so I wanted to give you a kind of a platform to be that way. And so I thought, how would Kyle title this? Because if I, if I were titling this typically, I would say ways to make sure you're still relevant in 2027. But we figured, why don't we talk about the signs that you won't make it in real estate in 20 or in five years? What are the things that people that are doing now, if they continue to do this, they won't be in real estate in five years? Yeah, for sure. I got you. I, I came up with five. That's funny because I was talking about Tom or talking to Tom today. Everything, all the videos I wanted to do had five, five years, five things, all, all sorts of fives. It's the thing people are naturally attracted to. Top I like five. five. Yeah. All right. Cool. Remember top eight though, like MySpace. Oh, I loved MySpace. You loved it because you could like nerd out and change it, make it different. No, not really. You were smart enough to do it. MySpace was great could. though, man. And then you had a, a profile song. You could change your you profile get no song. Individuality on like Facebook or Instagram. No, no. you're mm. stuck with their yeah. God. It's like Elon owned it. Free speech. Yeah, let's bring back MySpace. Let's see if Elon will buy it. <laughs> MySpace still exists. I, I still log in randomly just to go look at old photos, and it loads like three out of 300 photos. It's, oh. it's dog shit. I, I emailed them. I said, can you please delete my MySpace? This is I don't know my password. I don't know my email, but make it go away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I just picked five. There's probably 500 that I could give, but I picked five of them that I think are, are really, really important. Um, cause these five, I think there's a lot of things that will lead to you having a, an okay business, right? A sustainable business. I want to talk about the ones that'll put you out of business that it's pretty much impossible to run a real estate 
business. When I say business, that means like you don't sell a home once a year to like a friend from high school or like your mom or dad moves every year and they use you. Like I'm talking a real business where you actually like sell some houses. Yeah, more than just a hobby. You can provide a living for your family kind of business. So that's what I'm talking. A full-time job, a full-time living. Yeah. Yeah. So number one, this is just a foundational thing, but you've got to have a CRM. Uh, whether you call it a, a customer relationship management system or a client relationship management, whatever you define CRM as, I've seen it a lot of ways. But this is a system where you put everybody that you are uh, currently working with, have worked with, want to work with into a single system. You've got to have a place where you organize all of your contacts. I mean, think about today, if you didn't even have like a phone book or a, a contacts list like you have on your phone, if you needed to call somebody like, would you even know what to do? Like, do you even know your best friend's phone number? Do you know your mom's phone number, your dad's phone number, your coworker's phone number? Like, I don't know Thomas's phone number. Brian, I think I know yours, but I'm I'm probably gonna. I was gonna ask you, but you I don't know, want you. To, I don't want you to blow it up. a number or two. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even know how to get a hold of you if it weren't for the fact you were in my contacts list, right? Mm-hmm. How the hell do you know how to get a hold of your clients if they're not in your CRM? Like you've got to have a central place where you put all of your clients so that you don't forget about them. You don't want to forget. <clears throat> you don't want to forget about the people that you have worked with over the years. You surely don't want to forget about the people you're currently working with, and you definitely don't want to forget about the people that are people you're going to potentially work with. Like you got to have a place that all of those people go so that you don't forget about people, because I think that's one of the things that puts you out of business. Is um, and this kind of starts tying into number two on my list. But um, if you, we'll, we'll go with the start at the front and work to the back, which will tie in perfectly in number two. So if you have, you know, leads, we'll call them, that have come in or opportunities is probably a better term. I think the word leads is uh, has a negative connotation. So if you just replace leads with opportunities, I feel like you start to think about them differently. 100%. So think about every inquiry that comes in from an open house, uh, Google, from Zillow, from, you know, Realtor, all these websites. Think of those as opportunities, not leads. And as soon as you just make that subtle word shift, it actually changes things, I think. Um, you start to think about, well, if I don't follow up with that opportunity, that hurts. I mean, if I don't follow up with that lead, it's like, ah, whatever, I'll get another lead. But when you think of it as an opportunity, like nobody wants to squander opportunity. Um, so I think if you just start to replace that word lead with opportunity, it starts to change the game a lot. And that's just a nice psychological shift that you can make. Um, so if you have all these opportunities at your fingertips and you literally do nothing with them cause you don't have a CRM, like that's going to, over time, that's going to put you out of business because if you have inquiries coming in, even if you run like a straight referral based business, if, if Thomas refers me his sister and you refer me your mom and, and right, all these people are getting referred in, but then like, I don't have a place to put them. And so the inquiry comes in and I maybe, you know, answer the call, but then I don't follow up and. I don't stay on top of them. Like I'm going to lose opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And over time that's going to bury you. And it's amazing how much a simple follow-up impacts a buying decision. I can't tell you how many times I've like reached out to, to a couple different people. I did this for my HVAC. I reached out to like eight people. The one that called me back first, I spent $10,000 with him. It was, it was silly that I'm just like, I just need someone to call me back. And now I know there's a longer life cycle for buying a house, but just think about it in your own life. How many times have you reached out to people and the fact that that mobile car detailer called you back or texted you back, you're like, sure, I can set it up for tomorrow. Let's go. I want to be on with my day. Just that simple follow-up. There's been people that I've wanted to 
do business with, but I forget. All they had to text me with, hey, are you still down to do that thing? Yep, here's your money. Let's go. So, cool. Yeah, so you got to have that for the opportunities. You got to have it for the people you're currently working with because the last thing you want to do is have a client who you're working with currently that's you know either actively uh, looking for a home or you have their home listed or you're under contract and you just like don't talk to them. You forget that you got to follow up and like that's not going to work very well. And then the last part is the people that you've already worked with in the past, which is going to tie into number two is you got to have a past client and sphere of influence system. So I know that's number two. I want to bounce back to number one real quick. Yeah. Uh, if they have no, if, if you're listening and you have no CRM, what's a good first CRM? Um, I'm a huge fan. We use follow up boss. Like follow up boss is definitely our go to. And what I like with it is it's very affordable and it's very versatile. So regardless, even if you just had follow up boss and never, didn't even have a website, it's still arguably the best real estate focused CRM in the industry. But then you can start plugging things into it. So you plug in a website like Vilopo into it um, and then the two seamlessly integrate. And so over time, you can start with the CRM and you can start bolting in a really good website and IDX solution like Vilopo. You could bolt on a really good follow-up system like um, like call action. You can start to bolt all these things onto it over time. Whitley is um, another thing yeah, we've started Whitley with. for doing retargeting. Like there's all these systems you can bolt onto it as you grow your business. But the, the, the hub of follow-up boss, right? Like that's your hub and you add all these spokes to it over time as you start to grow. Cool. Um, so number two is, which is in, you have to have a CRM in order for this to really work effectively, is you got to have a past client and sphere of influence system. I think one of the things a lot of people make the mistake on is they get uh, too transactional and not uh, enough relational. So they get so focused on the next deal. They're always trying to find the next lead, the next lead, the next lead, the next lead. And they forget about the people that they're working with already and have already worked with in the past. Like, I don't know about you, but I'd much rather work with people who already know, like, and trust me than have to follow up with Mickey Mouse at Disneyland.com that came through the internet. Like, those lead, that's a really hard lead. To that's convert, a really hard opportunity. Right? That's a lead at that point. <laughs> um, like, that's a hard one to do anything with. Meanwhile, you have all these people that already know, like, and trust you and you're neglecting them. And I think it's a huge mistake that I see agents make. They're so focused, I need leads, I need leads, I need leads, I need leads. It's like, I look at the leads as like the structure and your past clients and your sphere of influence as your foundation. And we all know like you have to have a foundation to build a house. If there's no foundation, you can't actually build the structure. And so where most agents fail is they try to build a house before they build a foundation and that leads to a business that ultimately is going to collapse and sink. See, I, I would flip it a little bit different. I know you're a foodie. Your past clients and your sphere, that's your comfort food, right? That's your, you go back to the well over and over and over. It's comfortable. You know what it is. They know what you are. Like, it's it's your comfort food, right? And your your new leads, your new opportunities, that's the... Uh, special restaurant that just opened up down the street that has no lights and you can only taste things with spicy things. I don't know. That That's your weird, new, exciting things. But your your past client, your sphere, that's your that's your home cooking. Okay, we'll go with that. Do you like it's that fine. or you hate sure, it? Sure, I'll run with it. All right, I kind of like it. As long as you feel good about it, I feel, I good. feel good about well, it, Brian. I was going to go somewhere else. I'm like, anyways, that, that's where I'm going with it. Okay. Or, um, or you could go foundation and structure, but it's cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll go on your weird-ass tangent. It's, <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, so <laughs> you've got to have a system to stay in touch with all the people you've, you've worked with and that you already know. Uh, because you're far more likely to generate opportunities 
out of those relationships than you are the relationships with Mickey Mouse at Disneyland.com. That's the gist of it. So having a solid system in place, it's going to incorporate things like um, you know, periodic phone calls, periodic text messages, periodic emails, invitations to events. And just, I mean, hell, if you just called people four times a year, right? Like if you just called, and there, there's an old school strategy. I've never actually used this, but if you need a system or strategy, like you just break the alphabet down. There's 26 letters in the alphabet. There's 52 weeks in a year. Guess what? 52 divided by 26 is two. So if you just call everybody whose first name or last name starts with A today, and then you call everybody tomorrow with a B, and then everybody the next day with a C, and everybody the day after that with a D. If you just did that, I think it's once a week, right? It would be not day. Or once, I'm sorry, weekly. Weekly. Uh, you did A's this week, B's next week, C's the following week. You would effectively follow up with everybody twice a year. Okay. There you go. If you want just a basic ass system, there you go. Right? Like that's a basic system that at least twice a year you're going to reach out to everybody that you know. Like that's a simple system that anybody could follow. Then you could start layering on top of that, right? Like we use viral marketing where we get two video emails out to our database every month, which I want to go weekly, by the way. Um, okay. Brian's like, oh shit. Okay. I'm, I'm good with that. I yeah. just need more videos from you. We <laughs> shot like 10 today. Damn. Um, <laughs> so uh, I want to go to weekly. What I'm starting to see is that it's getting harder and harder to get a text message through to somebody's phone that doesn't know you. Um, and it's getting harder and harder to even get a phone call through. Because even if the phone, if you can get the phone to ring, which some phone numbers are just getting blocked by carriers, they're not even ringing. Um, but then a lot of them, it's showing up on people's phone as spam likely, and nobody's answering that call. So we're seeing text messages get blocked by carriers. We're seeing calls just get auto-marked by spam. So it's getting hard. Um, but email hasn't changed a lot. Like there's still filters and all that stuff. That's mm -hmm. fine. But um, you can still get, I mean, we're still seeing like 30% open rates on emails. Like that's huge. Mm -hmm. um, so we're getting emails through. I bet you you're not getting three out of 10 people you call to answer the phone. Like that, that's probably very unlikely unless you're calling, you know, people that you already know, but we're getting a 30% open rate to our entire database. So I think it's uh, having a solid email campaign is huge. Um, I think, you know, we use retargeting from Whitley, which helps stay in front of people. We do four client events a year. We just did a movie night. We have a barbecue coming up. You know, we have all these different events we do. So having a system to stay in touch with people because the the thing that's the best of past clients in Sphere is they already know, like, and trust you. Like, I just went on an appointment with one last week, and I'd sold a home for them, like, four years ago, and they needed to sell another home. It was like it was like hanging out with friends. It was fun. I'm not going into an appointment having to prove myself and kiss ass. Like, they're excited to have me at the house. And you know, I got my full, you know, full rate commission on it. No negotiation over my commission. I'm not having to, you know, cut myself in half to earn the business. Like, that's great. And they're people I like, right? We get to have fun with. So um, having a really solid past client and sphere system, if you're always trying to just generate the next lead, the next lead, the next lead, it's going to be tough because that's going to tie into number three. Look at that. Ooh, good good segue. Like we plan this, huh? Two minutes of warning. <laughs> um, so number three is that you don't have enough lead pillars. And so, you know, think about a chair. If you were sitting on a chair that only had one leg and somebody knocked that one leg out from under you, you're screwed, right? You're going to fall on the ground. And they do make chairs with one leg. I have one. It's a little weird. It's a little wobbly, but they do make one-legged chairs. Uh, they exist. But if you had a chair that had four legs and, you know, somebody knocked one leg out, now you're on a, a tripod chair. And it's, it's still going to stand up. It might be a little funky, but it's still going to stand um, you just don't want to have, uh, you know, only one leg to your business. So whether you're dependent on like a particular internet lead source and all of a sudden like that source goes away, 
or you're calling a particular list and now you can't call that list anymore. Like maybe the government changes the rules and you like in Canada, you can't call like uh, expireds in Canada. That's a rule in Canada. What if that happens in the U S like, and all you've ever done is call expireds, like you're screwed. Um, so just never put all your eggs in one basket. Never just have a single lead pillar. Um, you got to have multiple pillars. Uh, we'll call them opportunity pillars. Just to stick <laughs> with the theme here. Um, so you should have multiple pillars. So, I love, right, we just talked about a past client um, in Sphere. Like, that absolutely should be a pillar, non-negotiable of every single business. But I've talked to people. I was talking to somebody last week, and they were like, oh, we're doing really good. Like, did 60 deals last year. Okay, cool. How many did you do the year before? Uh, like, 55, 60 deals. Okay, what did you do the year before? I'm like, 55, 60 deals. I'm like, okay, so we've clearly determined, like, that is the maximum output from the vehicle that you're driving, which is a past client and Sphere-based business. That could be a hard business to grow, but to have that many is a really badass foundation of 55 to 60 deals. Now you've got the foundation poured. Now let's build a structure on top of it and let's build something that's got four walls uh, or four legs and we're going to be in a lot better shape. So I talked about, I was like, you know, what are you doing that's going to increase that? Because you can only, you know, pull so much, only squeeze so much juice out of, out of the lemon. Like, what else are you going to do? How are you going to add more to it? And start talking, you need to have a couple other pillars because he's too dependent on that one pillar. So even though that's a foundational pillar, you still got to have more. So maybe one of your pillars is you're going to call expireds. That could be a pillar. Um, one could be you're going to focus on pay-per-click leads. Okay, that could be a pillar. And then maybe your fourth pillar is you're going to work with referral channel partners like Flex from Zillow, OpCity from Realtor, HomeLife, Fast Expert Referral Exchange, Ideal Agent, like all these other sources. Like, okay, now you got a solid business. And and, you know, maybe you get the Zillow Flex account and that's going great. And then Zillow Flex determines like, hey, you're you're not a good fit or we're just not doing this program anymore. Like you still have three other pillars to go. So um, make sure you have at least four pillars um, bring in opportunities so that you're not dependent on any one single thing. And I need, think you need some that are controllable pillars like expires, right? Like you can control how many calls you make now. It's going to there's going to be ebbs and flows, right? Because there's hasn't been a lot of expireds because the market's been so hot, but now the market's shifting, there likely is going to be some of those opportunities. Um, but like pay-per-click's great, right? You know how much does it cost to generate a lead, and if you track your numbers, you know what your conversion rate's going to be, like all of that stuff, which guess what? That's number four. Before we go into number four, oh. I, I love that you said we should have four. If I'm watching this and I only have one lead pillar, what's the cadence to where we add new lead pillars? Um, the thing that we love to do is work in 90-day increments, and we call these rocks. So we're typically in any given quarter, you know, depending if you're new to implementing rocks, which if you want to learn more about rocks, just Google. Actually, no, shoot me a DM. I'll send you a link to explain rocks a little bit further to you. Um, but rocks are things that are uh, implemented over a 90-day period. And so every 90 days, you got to think about, or every quarter, what are the, if you're new to rocks, one to three most important things I need to implement in my business in the next 90 days to take my business uh, to that next level and keep me on track with hitting my goal for the year. So what is that, those one to three things? And if you're not gonna come and implement 10 systems overnight, but if you could just implement like one to three things every 90 days, so you implement one, let's just call it two. So you implement two in the next 90 days and then two new things in the next 90 days. And, and those don't all have to be opportunity pillars. That could be, I'm implementing a task management system. I'm implementing a CRM. I'm implementing a past client system. Now I'm implementing an expired program. Now I'm implementing client events, right? Like those, each of those are individual rocks. So if you could just implement, let's call it two rocks every quarter, there's a compound effect to that, right? Two years 
down the road, if you did two rocks per quarter, that's eight rocks per year, you now have 16 systems that are really dialed. Where a lot of us screw up is we try to implement 16 rocks today, and then we implement nothing, or we have a whole bunch of half-assed rocks. So. Yep. Cool. Love it. <coughs> All right. So um, the next one, right, having like pay-per-click is a predictable source. You at least know how much the cost per lead is typically. And then if you know your numbers, which is number four is knowing your numbers, you actually realize like, okay, for every hundred leads I generate from this system, I convert uh, two, I convert three, whatever, right? And you realize like, all right, well, a hundred leads cost me this much and this is how many I convert and this is how much I make per closing. Therefore, what does my return on investment look like? A lot of people have no fucking clue. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to not cuss a whole lot, but there's certain things I'm really passionate about. This is one of them. I remember uh, being at an event and there was somebody on stage and they were bragging about how great they did with, we'll just not call it a particular lead vendor or opportunity vendor, but it was a, a big one. And they're like, oh yeah, well, I'm, I'm making $20,000 a month from this lead source. We're like, I think they said I made $250,000 last year from this lead source, which is just over 20 grand a month. It's like, oh man. And everybody in the room's like, holy cow, you made 250 grand from that source. That's amazing. And everybody's like, thinks this person is a genius because they made a quarter million dollars from this source. And that's great. On the surface. Uh huh. Until we talked afterwards and I asked them, I was like, that's, that's amazing. I mean, what do you, what's your monthly spend with them? Oh, just 20. Oh, okay. So let's, let's make sure I understand this. You're spending $20,000 a month. So 240. And you brought in 250,000 last year. So you basically broke even, except that you spent a ton of time to talk to all of these people and to run around and show homes and list homes. And then you had marketing expenses. You did all these things. Like you probably lost money. Do you realize this? Like some people have no clue that they're actually losing money with a lot of these things. They just hear somebody. So now what the problem is, now the next dumbass hears. Billy Bob on stage talking about they made a quarter million dollars from this lead source. So now they go and start spending $20,000 a month only to find out a year or two later that, oh, so Billy Bob was spending all that money. Billy Bob wasn't making a damn thing. Like it's <laughs> He just... should have been sponsored by that lead source. That's where he would make the money. Break even on the work, get sponsored on the, the talk. <laughs> so you got to know your numbers. You got to understand what you're spending and what, what it's returning. Um, and it's something you got to sit down on a regular basis, at least on a quarterly basis. Look at your profit and loss statement and understand where are you spending your money, where are you getting a return, where are you not. Now, with that said, on these opportunity pillars, a lot of people make a mistake and they just try it for like two or three months. Like, oh, this one sucks. Next, this one sucks. Next, like you got to give things time, right? Like we're doing a YouTube channel, um, and I don't obviously I have not executed at a hundred percent. We probably executed about seventy percent of where I'd like it to be, but we haven't generated a lead yet. But it's something I'm 100% committed to for 12 months. Like, I'm going to do it for 12 months, and I'm going to give it everything I have. And I'm not going to stop, no matter what. Even if zero leads come in for 12 months, like, I'm going to continue to do it. Because I believe in the long-term vision of it, and I believe that it has to mature. And if I stopped after two months, you know, there's, uh, like, the Acres and Acres of, Di or Acres of Diamonds story. Like, it's probably, like, right there. I'm, like, so close, and, and I'm just going to, like go jump to the next thing as a, when I'm right there and the, eight, the diamonds are right underneath me. So um, you got to give things enough time. So if you are trying new things, track your numbers, but set a, a expiration date, we'll call it. Like whether it's six months, that would be my bare minimum of anything new that I try. 12 months would be ideal. 
to really give it some time to mature to see what the results are going to be. And what's a what's the system that we use to track our numbers? Uh, Sisu, S-I-S-U. So Sisu.co um, is really solid for helping you track your numbers and um, and that tracks like your performance numbers too. So you can start to understand things like if you're calling expired, you're tracking how many dials are you making, how many conversations are you having, how many appointments are you setting. So you can start to track your numbers and get some predictability in your business where you start to realize like, all right, for every hundred expireds that I call, I get two appointments and I, you know, sign one of those. So as long as every hundred expires that come on the market, that's one listing for me. Like you start to learn that. Um, and I, I think too many people have no idea what that stuff is. They're spending way too much time on things. They're making nothing or they're spending too much money on things. Or the other side of it is maybe Billy Bob spending 20 grand a month on Zillow uh, or realtor or whatever. And they're making a million dollars. It's like, well, shit, if you could spend 240 grand on something that, that brings you home a million, like you should Double probably down. rinse and repeat on that, right? So there's there's pros and cons both ways on that. So figure out if something's working, pump it. If it's not working, dump it. And one of the things that's great about Sisu is not only is it good for you as an individual agent, but tracking your team and seeing where the things are falling through the cracks and, and being able to really narrow in on where is the leak in the hose, right? Hey, they're doing their calls, they're getting the appointments set, but they're not getting them met. Because like, if you just look at the, the first activity and last activity of closed, there's a lot of steps in between where you can really dive in and go, is it appointments set? Is it appointments met? Is it converting those appointments? Where is the, the kink? Yep. So, okay, so the four that we have so far, and if you don't, these are the signs that you will not make it as a real estate agent in five years. You don't have a CRM. Um, you don't have a system to connect and stay top of mind with your past clients in your sphere. Uh, you don't have enough lead pillars is number three. Number four is you're not tracking your numbers well enough. And number five is? Number five is you're disconnected. Hmm. And so what I mean by that, I see a lot of agents who they're working with like two clients and they're judging the market based on those two clients that they're working with and only those two clients. And if those two clients say the market's tanking, then as an agent, they think the market, you think the market's tanking. If they think the market's red hot, then you think the market's red hot. Like you don't, you're not connected enough. So whether it be the team that you're on, the office that you're in, or like the group we have at EXP, our fast forward movement, where we mastermind like on a weekly basis. Like if you don't have a group that you're connected to, you can lose touch with reality because you start looking at your like micro vision of what's happening in the market on your solo experiences. But when you can be around a group, like on the mastermind today, I think we had 500 people on the mastermind. When you can start to tap into what's happening all around the country with people, like maybe you're selling one or two homes a, uh, a month. When you can start tapping into people who are selling one or two homes a day who have a much more macro view on what's happening, they're not so micro, then you can start to really understand the trends of what's happening in the market. And one, like what is the, the actual market trends themselves, but also what's happening with just the, what it takes to be an agent. Like, you know, the the talk tracks that you need to have. Like we talked today, one of the talk tracks that we all need to be preparing for right now with rates um, jumping is there's a lot of buyers who ever got flushed out of the market. Like you need to be prepared to have a talk track on how to talk to your sellers about how do I update a seller? Like, cause for a while the update has been, 
we're going to go live on Thursday and Monday, we're going to have multiple offers and you're going to pick one or we're going to do highest and best, whatever. Like that was your talk track before. What's the talk track, especially like you're a new agent who's never been through a shifting market before. Like you need to be connected to a team, a brokerage, a group that's going to help you mastermind around these things. So you understand how, like if you're a brand new agent got licensed two years ago, like what you mean I have to send the seller an update and tell them what's going on with their listing. What do you, what do you mean? Like, you might be that disconnected. You have no idea how to have that conversation. You might have no idea how to have the conversation with a seller like, hey, we need to adjust the price. Like we've been on the market for three weeks. We've had three showings in three weeks. And the only feedback we've received is negative. Like it's time to make an adjustment. Like do you know how to have that conversation? And if you're not connected with the team, with the brokerage, with the group, with the mastermind, you're like you're going to struggle because you're super disconnected from what's happening. So being able to tap into you know, a bigger macro vision of the market can really help where if you get too focused on your little micro vision of the market, it could bury you. And typically I've always kind of seen the nationwide stats as something that's better than nothing, but kind of eh. Um, because what's happening in the nation is might be very different than what's happening in San Diego. Um, but as you explain that, some of the things that I hear are, Things that are happening in one part of the country. What happens first, East Coast or West Coast? Which usually goes first? It just starts on the coast and works its way in. Yeah. So if you're in the middle of the country and you're hearing people in San Diego and Massachusetts, Massachusetts saying this is what's happening, it can help you prepare. And then once it gets to you, hey, Kyle, what did you do to fix that? Because now it's happening to me. You already have a whole system. So being able to see what's happening, work together, and kind of see what's coming around the corners is great. And cool. just to learn from others' experiences, like what CRM should I use? Like having a group who's been using a CRM for a long time. So you don't commit to a, a garbage CRM and go hard on it only to realize like that it's missing all the uh, you know, essential features of building a past client system, tracking them. It's like you, it's nice to have people you can bounce ideas off of, but when you're disconnected, you don't have that. Cool. Love it. Awesome. Well, hopefully you guys got some value out of the show today. If you did, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button, let YouTube know. If you got a question, throw it in the comment section. And if you want more of our content, we release in content multiple times per week, hit the subscribe button and the little notification bell. YouTube will keep you looped in. And if you're watching on a, or listening on a podcast platform, hook us up with a review. You know, you can watch now. There's video podcasting on Spotify. Pretty cool. It's been around for, I don't know if it's been on Spotify. I don't know how it's been around, but I tried to play a podcast the other day and a video popped. I was like, oh shit. And I didn't like it. Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) But that's because of Joe Rogan. He made that happen. Um, So if you're (laughs) listening on, it's for real. That's how they got, uh, if you're listening on a podcast platform, hook us up with a review. Uh, Those mean the world to us and really help us grow our audience. Um, And then if you have questions you want to ask and have answered on a future episode of the show, go to thewhistleway.com. You can ask us questions on there, subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel, join our referral network, email newsletter, and Facebook group. Um, And you can get dialed in with our video content creation course called the Media Mayor Mastermind, all of that at thewhistleway.com. And Brian, as we wrap our whistle widget of the week, something that saves us time, makes us more money, or just helps us have a little bit more fun. Um, I think you've done this one not too long ago, um, and this is why I downloaded it, or maybe it was TikTok. But the tool that I'm using is how to edit videos on your phone pretty easily. Um, I actually did a class talking about this today. Um, and the more and more I dove into it, the more really, really cool features I found with it. Um, and I don't know when they want me to pay, but so far they haven't asked me to, and it's really great. And the app is called CapCut, um, C-A-P-C-U-T. And the ability to do so many really cool things 
um, all within the app really gives and really give me control like other apps I haven't been able to find. Um, import audio, have some pretty cool transitions, speed things up, slow things down, uh, add text. There's a ton of stuff that I haven't even dove into yet, but it really kind of mimics um, a lot of what I can do on my computer on my phone. I still prefer doing it on my computer, but um, it, it's a real. It's my favorite app that I found to edit videos on my phone. Cool. Uh, the one that I'm going to share, I had a, a rough experience over the weekend dealing with my credit card company, just trying to move some flights around. It was awful. And I've learned that this platform a lot of times can get you what you want a lot faster than dealing with these overseas people answering the phone. They have no idea what the hell they're talking about um, at the credit card companies. And it's this little thing that a guy named Elon Musk now owns called I Twitter. I knew you were going to say this. this. This is my yeah. little hack too, yeah. And a lot of big companies have their own, uh, it's called a handle technically on Twitter, right? They have their own handle. Like American Express has Ask Amex. Chase has Chase Support. Like you can tag these companies in your tweets and they will respond a lot faster than the response you can get by calling these companies. Um, so it's a little backdoor hack to get support uh, when you need it and you can't get it over the phone because I spent like two hours on the phone yesterday uh, dealing with Amex, who was just straight hot garbage yesterday. Um, and by sending some tweets, I was able to get responses significantly quicker than sitting on the phone. It's funny because at my last job, I was customer support and I still to this day haven't really ever used Twitter, but the CEO sure did. And so he would go, hey, this needs to be fixed right away. Get it fixed. I'm like, yeah, it's been broken for months. I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> I can't fix it. That's not my job to, to do the fixing. But we would always prioritize those as a, over um, the other ones. So go. good call. Yep. All right, guys. Well, hopefully you got a lot of value out of the show today. Again, I'm Kyle Whistle with EXP Realty. I'm Brian Kochi. We'll see you guys next week. Later.